know? Yeah. It gets you here. It gets you right here. Um, right here in the heart. Attack. Heart and, a- <laughs> attack. Uh, hmm. Yeah. God, it's a beautiful day outside. But, I know. Uh, We've chosen to, to do this. Inside. We've elected uh, discussing this. Yeah. What's the matter with us? Right. We should uh, do it outside. We should do we should this. Do this this episode between outside. two ferns meet between two bushes. That's... I mean, I guess we just got to get this over with. <sighs> well, uh, I guess it's too late and I've run out of cyanide. So, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. I'm Nathan Bear. With us, as always, is uh, Mr. Michael Kelly. How you doing, Mike? Nathan, it's my distinct privilege and obligation to be here today with you. Uh, professionally uh, speaking, and from, from a scheduling standpoint, I had to be here. I had to watch these films, and I had to talk about them. So that is why I'm here, and that is why we're talking about them today. Yes, and don't worry, your wife and children are quite safe. <laughs> quite, quite safe. Words of reassurance, and I need them after watching 1993's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 and 1994's Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, which is the 40th anniversary Godzilla film. Yep. And uh <laughs> what a way to waste an anniversary. <laughs> wow, what a way to what a way to go there. Um it's like a forty after a forty year marriage you say, uh, hey honey, you know where we should go? <laughs> it's Sochi. <laughs> it's it's okay. So anyways I I had never seen Godzilla vs. Mecha Godzilla two mm-hmm. uh before this week's episode. And so I had to watch it in preparation for this episode. And you know what? I will say, I kind of liked it. I, I sort of enjoyed it. I, you know, I thought the characters were more interesting. I thought they were more engaging. Um, I thought they had a sense of humor. And they were more alive <laughs> than uh, some of the characters in the High Size series as far as, like, you know... Thus far, the high size series has mostly just been scientists and and people who are like very quietly going from A to B, and you know th- there were some cool things in in, in Mechagodzilla in regards to like the the training at the G Force Center mm-hmm. and kind of showing some different things there, and um, you know Mike kind of steps up a little bit in this one and even more so in Space Godzilla, and it's nice to see her characters sort of taking a a position in these movies after essentially just being set dressing for, like, the last three movies. Yeah, because in in the past, it's just been like, wait a minute, I know you haven't seen me for the past 20 minutes, but I'm pretty sure Godzilla is on his way. You're right. Let's call in the army. Again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess there's, there's no time to waste. Let's just dive right into it. Um... Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, as I said before, 1993 was its year of release. It grossed $18 million, um, unadjusted U.S. dollars. And um, the music was once again by Akira Fukube and um, produced by Tanaka. So you've got two of the old school uh, team members. And I would say of the ISA series, I think this is one of the best scored. Yeah. I, I, I think the like the theme for uh Mecha Godzilla is pretty good. There's some original stuff there and um It really grabs your attention. Yeah. I think. And, and appropriately so. It's not just oh this is good music, it's hey, this actually works with what we're seeing. I really think it took Fukube a couple of movies just to get the let out, as it were. Um 
and I, you know, he only had a couple other entries in the series, and then he uh, unfortunately passed away. But I think you know, if he could have kept up his health, he probably could have done like ten more of these things. And uh, so this is the one where he is, you know, he starts to make some some good stuff again. Um, so yeah, overall, I think you know the score is uh, quite good. Um, the direction duties this time around were Taco Akawara, and um, I think he does a fine job. Things get a, a little ridiculous towards the end in regards to, like, the final confrontation is, is a little bit just sort of like a beam fight that goes yeah. on for, like, 25 minutes. But I'll tell you, the first fight between Godzilla and Rodan in this was one of my favorite kaiju fights for a very long time. I mean, it reminded me of a good old-fashioned hoedown. It's the first time in a long time that you've you've got two monsters fighting against one another that, of course, Godzilla has his fire breath, but, like, Rodan doesn't have a projectile per se, or at least at this point in the movie. Yeah. They quickly remedy that later on, but, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is, like, they were forced to actually fight. Yeah. They were forced to actually like get off their lazy asses and direct an actual monster fight. And and they show like how powerful Rodan's beak is by like having a beat Godzilla and then like accidentally blow up a rock right. with his beak. Like that's how powerful <laughs> his yeah. beak is. Yeah. You know, uh so that that I think was uh and, and you know, use of things like wide angle lenses like on Rodan while he's beating the shit out of Godzilla, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So it just it, it brought a bit of the melee. Yeah. Back. I, I think, you know, we were talking before about like how uh Godzilla versus Mothra Battle for Earth sort of referenced the Shawa series in a um kind of a lazy way mm-hmm. or just sort of like a, you know, um bringing out the the, the greatest hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one is much more clever and and fun the way it it kind of calls back those earlier movies but it's still sort of it feels like it's more like it could have gone in right in between one of those earlier movies you yeah know? and um, instead of just like being a homage to them it actually feels like one of them and mechagodzilla has a completely new uh, background story yeah it's uh you know it's man-made and not made by the third planet from the black hole outer space yeah and you know mechagodzilla's had Three iterations, um, the last one being in the Millennium series, as far as like you know design. And of the three, I'd say this is the weakest one. And as like, as far as like a monster that can move around and stuff, this is like the least mobile kaiju maybe ever, <laughs> because he's just like he you know he's just standing with his arms at uh, forty five degree angles, you know, with his hands pointed at Godzilla, and that's basically. It. He and can't really move around too much. And he's also seemed to have gained a wee bit of weight. I mean, he's got awfully buttery thighs and yeah. a roundish face. Yeah. I mean, not bad looking. I'm just saying, you know, could have, you know, he, done some squats. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like after this one, he's going to stop by Walmart and get some sweatpants. Uh, maybe just do some nice lounging around the house and watch some reruns of Judge Joe Brown and eating some Funyuns. Um, but that, that's fine, you know. If you defeat Godzilla, you des- deserve some time off. As I stated before, we we kind of go through the G Force training, 
and that's with a character by the name of Kazuma uh, Aoki, played by Mashiro Takashima. And uh, he does a fine job in this movie. And, um, you know, I, I think this i'm what you're hearing in my voice is shock that you know there's actually uh good characterization and mm-hmm. kind of interesting characters in one of these high side movies it's, and humor uh, and humor, humor. <laughs> um he's kind of like trying to court uh a a young lady by the name of azusa uh, gajo uh and so they're kind of partners in crime. He takes care of the G-Force side of things, and she is more of this in the scientist capacity. Early on in the film, there's an expedition to an island someplace for some reason, mm-hmm. and they find that there is an egg there, and uh, Rodan, much like a cuckoo bird, is sort of watching over it at, like it's its own yeah. egg. And so you're thinking it might be another periodon or whatever. Um, yeah, the P is silent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you so, what, so what's it? Is it just an Aerodon? Pterodon. 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 Yeah. PT. So it's not Pterodactyl. That's never. No. No, it's not. Are you sure about that? I, I am very, very sure. I, I used to love dinosaurs when I was a kid. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. So the Come at me, bro. The, ter- <laughs> the the pterodon. There you go. There we go. Um, but it's not a pterodon. They basically they survive a incursion on this island where uh, Rodan is looking after this egg. But Godzilla shows up, and Godzilla and Rodan have the aforementioned kaiju battle. And uh, while you know they are distracted. Uh, the scientist team grabs the egg, puts it on a helicopter, and flies away, uh, which is a pretty risky maneuver. I would just lay low until Godzilla left, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and, yes, they take it back, and uh, eventually it, it hatches, and you get the, the little baby little baby Godzilla. Godzillasaurus, who uh, Mike immediately lets us know via telepathy that it is... From the Godzillasaurus family, but it's much less aggressive. Right. You know, so we know automatically that he will not be eating any of our main characters. Yes. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> and in true high size series uh, tradition, uh, one of the scientists is able to leap to a conclusion based upon literally no evidence just because he's wearing a scientist's white lab coat and he's like oh and it's a it's a vegetarian <laughs> and she grabs some you know stuff and uh you know a, some celery or whatever yeah. that just happens to be laying on the table for some celery related experiment it was probably the craft <laughs> services table <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and uh you know just feeds feeds a little little baby godzilla Little little dipsy dip, dippy dunkus Godzilla, uh, some some of the uh, celery that's there in the lab for no reason at all. And, now, uh, now, in in fairness, it's not Minya. It's not Minya. So you know, it, it, yeah. it looks like it could potentially kill another yeah. being. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look deformed the way Minya. Hell, always sort of had a strange, you know, carnival folk look <laughs> to it. Oh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh. But um, 
Yeah, you know, they, uh, Miki, once again played my, by Megumi Adako, um, also kind of helps out in the raising of this little baby Godzilla. And so, you know, they have some good times. Yeah. Um, playing ball, you know, doing, doing all that, you know, fatherly son stuff, you know. There's a whole montage, I swear. Oh, there's it's a actually, montage. Yeah. <laughs> there's also a montage of scientists rebuilding or taking the uh, the remains of Mecha King Ghidorah and turning it into... Uh, Mecha Godzilla. Yes. Um, and there's several Japanese people, and then an American scientist who I kindly refer to as post rehab Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus is back. He's lost much of the weight. He's dressed in a suit, and uh, but it's Saint Nick all all the same. And he's back yeah. and more. <laughs> he's given up the present giving business, and he's he's focusing on destroying Godzilla. Which is um, truly the greatest gift of all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, like, the first half of this movie is great. And then the second half, you know... I mean, Godzilla essentially defeats Rodan on the island by just hosing it with fire breath. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he we have a couple more of the gratuitous scenes of him just destroying, attacking the cities and stuff we've seen a few times by now. Yeah. And uh, and then Mechagodzilla and Godzilla, you know, have their attack. Uh, Mechagodzilla gets modified with this special jetpack thing. Yeah, that they built before they actually built Mechagodzilla. Guerrera, right, yeah. or something? And, like, for, for something that they built before Mechagodzilla, it's really hard for me to believe that they did not think it would ever work as a backpack, right. you know, laser. It's just like, nah, nah, the, you, you planned this the whole time. That, right. That's like... <laughs> kind of like how, you know, Billy's Triceratops Megazord really kind of just looks like a left calf and foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really have that much utility to it, you know. It's just sort of like, that's a leg. Yeah. That looks like a Trinosaurus, you know. Or sorry, a Triceratops. Triceratops, yeah. Um, Actually, the T is silent. Just kidding. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Godzilla and Mechagodzilla fight it out a couple of times with this Guerrero thing attached to Mechagodzilla's back so he can like fly and he's got like extra yeah he could like already fly but now he's got yeah the extra phaser cannons which seemed to actually work better when they were apart yeah because he could they attack were a more effective Rodan. team yeah yeah so but then it's just like hey you know what time it is it's morphin time so it attaches to the back and then they you know continue shooting at Godzilla. <laughs> One of the things I do like about this movie is that uh, Kazuma, for whatever reason, has a uh, like a Periodon like hovercraft flying thing that he built just in his own spare time. Oh yeah, what was with that? It was what like, was that? It that was like something from a completely no... different universe. Yeah. That was like <laughs> something from like if the movie took place 200 years in the future, yeah. you'd be like, okay. But you know... And it, it like, have to take place in like no... 1993. Yeah, and it doesn't really have any relevance to the plot. No. It's just like, oh, by the way, this is how into Pteranodons I am. <laughs> right. This is like that guy out in like Minnesota who's like so into roller coasters that he actually builds a small roller coaster in his backyard. It's like, I don't know if I should be proud or call the police. <laughs> you know? Uh but like, yeah, so that's one of those things they sort of introduce. Like, I have a flying 
essentially speeder bike hovercraft thing that yeah. looks like a periodon. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure ter- they just... Teriodon? Ter- pterodon. 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 I have a flying speeder bike hovercraft thing that looks like a pterodon, and, you know, I'm going to use that to kind of court you or whatever, and, and he, he uses that yeah. to... A uh, kind of uh, yeah. court Azusa. You almost expect her to start seeing a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it really does seem like that scene from Aladdin, which came out the year before. So maybe that's kind of what they were going for. We don't know yet. Anyways, it's very strange. And then later on in the film, Kazuma uses his like thing, his contraption. Actually, I think you could only refer to it as a flap traption. More <laughs> uh, like a fap traption at this point. <laughs> one could say the entire high size series is one big kaiju fap traption. Uh, <laughs> if you follow. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Inyendo there. Anyways, uh, Inyendo Entertainment System. Anyways, um, it's all falling apart. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, just like uh, Mechagodzilla. <laughs> I, I will say that the G-Forces seems to be staffed with uh, people who primarily hate dinosaurs and hate people who love dinosaurs. Yes. Strangely enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Even though they're studying a giant dinosaur <laughs> whose like, anatomy is right. essential to the part of... You know, uh, is essential to the plot. Yeah. Well, you know, but beyond the fact that they're trying to, uh, you know, kill a giant dinosaur, you would think that would be, like, step number one. Right. You know. It, yeah, to get, you know, I dinosaur get... enthusiasts. That's like people work for NASA who, like, hate space. <laughs> you know, some guy's like, oh, it's my first day of training at NASA. You know, I really love constellations. And the guy behind the desk would be like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not here for constellations. We're here for government grants. Get a load of this jerk. <laughs> so I, I forgot the fact that you brought up Godzilla's anatomy. It's revealed that Godzilla has two brains in this movie. Yes. One in his ass. Yeah. Or, yeah. And this is where actually Miki's character truly grows. Where she, where she's like actually part of the Mechagodzilla team. Right. She's actually essential, not only just, you know, reading minds and predicting when Godzilla may or may or kind of appear. Uh, she, there, She's actually like, you know, a la Luke Skywalker going down the trenches. She's, you know, got her special ray goggles on, and they're like, Mickey, you have to do this. You have to kill Godzilla. Yeah. And she attempts to. She actually shoots Godzilla in his butt heart, and uh, it explodes. Yeah. Uh, doing... Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, butt brain. Or was it heart? Was but it... It's a brain. It's a brain. Godzilla... Brain in the butt. Yeah, yeah BB. It, they, they destroy Godzilla's butt brain. He's down for the count. And then they, you know, commence project horse whipping <laughs> with every projectile at Mechagodzilla's disposal. Another situation where they, like, he's almost dead. And then Rodan comes back to life, flies over and lands on Godzilla, uh, and like merges with him somehow or like yeah. turns into sparkles and like gives its soul energy to him which rebuilds its butt brain something I, that's what i got out of I it i mean that that seems like something I mean, the that, Bears would do that's <laughs> yeah that's that's as much as i you know that's what i could see through the tears cuz i was crying <laughs> at the time thinking about my life choices so yeah godzilla comes back to life and destroys uh, Mechagodzilla with his fire breath. 
And uh, Godzilla, like the not quite absent father, allows, you know, baby Godzilla to follow him into the water. Baby Godzilla's, by the way, not even big enough to reach Godzilla's big toe. Right. Like, and yet stays, yeah. like, above the water, like, proportionally. Yeah. To, like, when Godzilla's walking away, when he's, like, three or four hundred feet out. Yeah. Um, in the ocean, baby Godzilla, who's, like, maybe seven feet tall, mm. is... Also up to its waist as it's, like, kind of walking away. Which that literally makes no sense. Unless Godzilla is walking in some sort of trench next to baby Godzilla as they're walking away. It's just one of those things, again, where it's like, visually, there's been no thought at all put into what is happening on screen. It's just like, oh, okay. So I would say overall, I like Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla too, but mm-hmm. it's you know mostly for the what goes on in the first half of it yeah. and a Fukubei's score. Um, the actual end fight is again sort of characteristic of the high side movies, where it's just sort of like a ray battle that mm-hmm. goes on for like twenty minutes, and then one of the monsters falls down, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, come on now, there's just no energy there. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Oh, oh. So, sorry. I was going to point out that uh, Inshiro Honda was supposed to direct it, but he died of extreme old age. Yeah. Uh, before, right before production began. Yeah. So, um, they had to go with Tako. Which is so. a real shame because Inshiro Honda probably could have brung, you know, tact and. Uh, grandeur to uh, <laughs> yeah. an otherwise menial series of films. Yeah. So uh, his eulogy was actually given by his close friend Akira Kurosawa, who would uh, pass away in 98. Uh, just, you know, fun, quirky fact of the day. <laughs>
So, um, I, I don't know what to say about the next film that we're reviewing. Um, it's basically Godzilla versus Megalon without Megalon. It's it's, it's it's Godzilla versus a Godzilla suit with uh, shoulder pads yes. on it. You know, he looks like Godzilla from like the Road Warrior. You know, <laughs> he's got those spiked shoulder pads. That's yeah. what Space Godzilla looks like. <laughs> Just needs a half-naked man on his shoulder, and he'd be in business. Uh, you, you can point to many films as being like the absolute low point mm-hmm. in the series. Um, you could one could say that Son of Godzilla was like the low point. Yeah, or that you know maybe some people think Godzilla versus Hedora was a low point because mm-hmm. it was so crazy, and you know Hedora kind of. That comes to Hedorah comes to mind when when you're thinking about Space Godzilla, just because um, they're both, I think, equally crazy, but just but, in worse ways. Like the, like the Space Godzilla yeah. is just like in a way that defeats you and that with no energy. Yeah. Whereas, and whereas Hedorah is yeah. like it's all energy and all like. There's much love. There's in too Hedorah. much love, right? Like the 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 only really upside of Godzilla versus Space Godzilla is, despite the simplicity of Space Godzilla, if this had been the '70s, it probably would have worked. I could see the people from the third planet of the black hole saying, "Ah, well, we took a bit of Godzilla last time, and we threw Space Go- you know, the cells through the black hole, and now we've got Space Godzilla, and now we shall rain more terror. Who needs Titanosaurus? Blah blah blah. It could have worked." But now, with the way the execution of these last few films is going, it's just really pretty cinematography to really mundane, boring, bland, bland people. <laughs> and so the only like really interesting parts are when the monsters fight. And in this film, like in Godzilla vs. Mothra, it's great, but they don't really touch each other too much until the end. Right. Where there's actually, like, physical contact, and then, you know, the characters have to make tough choices. Um, <laughs> to take things back a little bit, um, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, released in 1994, was directed by Kensho Yashimita, and the music was by Takayuki Hattori who uh, went on to do several Final Fantasy video games, to, to score several uh, Final Fantasy video games. So, um, you know, what, it, what the, the music in this, I guess, is serviceable, I yeah. guess. It's not like an embarrassment while you're listening to it, but it's instantly forgettable. Yeah. It's sort of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Eraser. <laughs> you know, you watch it and... 15 seconds later, you forget everything that just happened. You know, that's that's kind of how the score in this movie. Um, you know, Fuku Bay, for whatever reason, didn't do this one. Maybe he was getting tired. Uh, Maybe he finally realized enough was enough. Enough was enough. I mean, this, this was still a profitable movie. I mean, it made $20 million, uh in Japan, and then worldwide... It grossed thirty-two million altogether. So I think part it seems of that, like a disgusting amount of money for this piece of garbage. Well, I think it's probably because this is now officially a serialized Godzilla series, right? With recurring characters, so you go back to see the recurring characters, not just Godzilla. Yeah. So there's actual like audience participation 
in the plot. Which is an interesting idea, and, 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 you know, it's an idea that has merit to it, and I would really love to see that in a different series of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Um, with better writing. With, be- with better writing and better actors. Uh, you know, as, as we sort of alluded to there, uh, Miki sort of takes a lead role in this one. And this is the first film that I think you could say that she's basically the main character at this point. Um, She's taking a more aggressive kind of prominent stance on things. And and she's not just kind of passive. She's very sort of passive and quiet in the earlier films. And now she's much more like asserting herself and saying what she wants and what she thinks. And it's weird because it's like her sort of progression in the series is like, I think from the second that she made that psychic link with Godzilla and Godzilla versus Biollante, she sort of, she was like, became Godzilla's friend, mm-hmm. but it was a terribly un-PC thing to say at that time. <laughs> so she was just kind of like keeping quiet, but like slowly as the series progresses, like she is the one like looking through her eyes, you can see, oh, okay, like this is how they're turning Godzilla good again, or if not good, not necessarily pure evil right because in this movie unlike the last one in fact the last couple godzilla becomes both um or or more or less like in king Ghidra, godzilla is not the good guy but you're rooting for him at the same time whereas in the other few sporadically throughout it's usually we have to stop godzilla he's killing people where in this it's he's the lesser of the two evils yeah so. And then by the time you get to Godzilla versus Destroya, it's like again he's a problem, but only because he's going to blow up the whole planet because he's yeah. going to go nuclear, not because he's inherently evil. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's kind of sneaky how they sort of do that over the course of these movies. They basically turn him into the good guy by default. But uh, yeah, it's cool seeing Mickey like. I don't know, be, become a more assertive character. It's certainly more fun to watch. It's like yeah. at last you have something to kind of root for yeah. and as someone who has a pulse and the blood is pumping, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, also, I thought it was kind of a neat idea that like the very minimalist – uh, approach to how they were planning on killing Godzilla at the beginning of this movie, which is not like all the Mazer cannons and the you know the jets and, and all that stuff, but just one guy on an island who um, it should be said that baby Godzilla or little Godzilla is now baby Godzilla or the Something. reverse of that Minya two Minya two <laughs> Minya two uh, lives on this island in the Pacific and. Um, They've posted this one guy, this one old guy who was like best friends with uh, Gondo um, from Godzilla vs. Biollante. Who mm-hmm. was like, if you, if you remember, Gondo was the only good character from Godzilla vs. Biollante, and Godzilla had to personally kill him. Uh, so, anyways, this guy is like trying to avenge Gondo's death, and he's like, it's just him. He's just camping out on this island. And he's just waiting for Godzilla to come and visit little little baby Godzilla, uh, who now looks like Animal from Muppet Babies, uh, inexplicably. (laughs) Um, Baby Godzilla's appearance and and roar in this movie, it's like I can't even get mad about it at this point because it's like, you know, and and, and it's like everyone is just so thoroughly, obviously given up. 
And but the thing is, in Destroya, he looks a lot more like Godzilla, and in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla too, looks a lot like Godzilla. A little cute, but still, right? You you could potentially see him killing somebody. Um, whereas in this, no, his, it's just it's just like too cute, and it's like what what happened? His appearance is a disgusting miscalculation yes. on the filmmaker's part. Okay, <laughs> I am personally disgusted by it. Even if you look at the poster. For this movie, it's uh, they try to make him look as cool as possible, and uh, you know the it's anyways. Also, fucking Mogera is in this movie. Oh, yes, uh, Mogera is uh, originally appeared in a much better film, uh, 1957's *The Mysterians*, directed by Shiro Honda, that uh, deals with a bunch of uh, futuristic aliens that come from a far-off planet that. Uh, Unfortunately, due to uh, mismanagement, now has no women whatsoever. So uh, they thought they'd just take over a couple thousand acres and, uh, oh, and uh, can we have a few women too? Earth, uh, earth women. Yeah, earth, yeah. earth women. Uh, and of course, the rednecks of the world said, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. So there's a big fight. And uh, in, within the film, there are two Mogueras, kind of a chicken looking robots with. Uh, Drills in the mouth and in the, uh, the arms, yeah. Uh, you know, because uh, hand, hands are so. And they have blessed. beer. And they have beer guts. Yeah. <laughs> in, in keeping with the uh, sort of the narrative, whatever of uh, the, the the robots have beer guts. Uh, in the tradition of Mechagodzilla two, Ogera could stand to lose about drop about forty. I yeah. Think. So yeah, so they the uh, since Mechagodzilla failed, the uh, the infamous wisdom and uh, deep pockets of the United Nations Security Council decided, well, that didn't work. But you know what would work if we made Mogera, which is an acronym of which I have forgotten. Yeah, but the point is, point is, it will kill Godzilla, even though the last one didn't work and. Uh, Mecha King Ghidra didn't work. This one will work. You know why? Drills and science. <laughs> Drills plus science. Plus, he looks like an overweight, constipated <laughs> robot chicken. Your move, Godzilla. We got you cornered this time. I, you know, I. Mogera is just so weird and random to bring back. You know, they might as well have had like a Mecha you know, Gargantua come back, you know, or something yeah. from, like, the H-Man, or, like, just, you know, it's so crazy. Uh, I mean, they, they find a way to kind of work some usefulness into the latter half of the plot, where it turns out his flying drill guns can actually blow up the crystals on Space Godzilla's back, but that's about, like, it. That, yeah. that, that's, like, really, anything else would have been cooler, and especially when you go from Mecha Godzilla this right it's like okay well the budget's a little light this time so uh what can you make with the remains of the last guy <laughs> well like i mean mogera has more i think utility than mechagodzilla i think he he's you know he's more useful than mechagodzilla because he can split in two mm-hmm. much like uh mighty Morphin power rangers and split into like the land module and the th- you know the you know the cruiser the flyer mm. the fighter plane uh, half of it or whatever. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I, I don't buy that too much. And the the fight between Space Godzilla and Mogera is is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, 
So the, 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 the plot of the Defense Force, before we get to all that Mulgara stuff and Space Godzilla, like just at the beginning of the film, is just this one guy camping out on this island who has made a special bullet. Yes, filled with blood coagulants. Like, which he says is one of a kind, even though he shoots multiple of them <laughs> at Godzilla. I think they immediately forget what they said, um, which is, the, you know, that's fine. And, and remember, this is a bullet. Now, you know, tanks, planes, masers have little to no effect on Godzilla, but this one bullet, this bullet, not, not even a bazooka, you know, not, not, this is a bullet. This is a bullet that, you know, aimed at his armpit, apparently, will, will work. Right. Now, counter to this, the other people at G-Force believe that if they shoot him in the back of the head with a ESP amplifier, they will be able to control Godzilla. So, basically, these are the parallels. One guy wants Godzilla dead. The other ones think, well, that's a little hard. Let's just control him psychically so that way he just stays underwater and... You know, eats right. whales, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For which they have employed Miki to be the psychic to control Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't think it's a good idea. Yeah. But it's it's communicated to her by a sort of villainous uh, member of the uh, <clears throat> Defense Force, or maybe he's not a villain. What He's wearing suspenders. Yes, he's wearing yeah. suspenders. We know that much. Yeah, and, um, um, but she's convinced, uh, with the help of our uh, two heroes, uh, one, one of them uh, being Olivia Newton-John, a la Let's Get Physical, uh, that, that's all he wears, is just the, the pink shirt and the, the sweatband. Yeah. I mean, you, you expect him to just break out in the song, like, at any moment. <laughs> I expect anyone to break out in the song at any moment during Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. I expect anyone to do anything at any moment. This movie is a masterpiece of lunacy. Uh, the, the explanation that Professor um, Gondo gives to the Japanese Defense Force as to the origin of Space Godzilla literally sounds like what you would find written in the notebook of a homeless guy at a McDonald's at 30 in the morning. You know, it's just like, it's, On the right are Godzilla cells, known as G-cells. And on the left are the skin cells from the space monster. The space monster has exactly the same G-cells. Therefore, we named it Space Godzilla. They're the same? There were only two occasions when G-cells were sent into outer space. One, a fragment of Biollante, and two, Godzilla's flesh attached to Mothra. One of these cells must have been swallowed by a black hole and pushed out from a white hole. It grew very quickly in its own evolutionary system, much faster than expected. It assimilated crystal organisms and was exposed to tremendous energies from the explosions of stars. And finally, the most horrific monster was born. That's the theory. Right. But the real question is, how do we defend ourselves against Space Godzilla if it returns? What happened was they had a discount on purple spray paint... And uh, they had a bunch of fake leftover Christmas decorations of of ice crystals, and they're like, and they had some masking tape, and they had an old Godzilla suit, and they're like, 
let's let's do this. Yeah, they had 15 minutes to make a new monster, and they're like, ah, oh, just uh, do this, uh, spray paint a blue, and tape some stuff to his elbows or his shoulders. You got Space Godzilla. Next. <laughs> yeah. However, this is the first monster in a while that can actually fight Godzilla physically at the end, even though it's sort of a limited skirmish. Yeah, but it's it actually becomes important because Godzilla holds Space Godzilla down and Mogera blows up its um, crystals that its power derives from, whatever. Uh, and then Godzilla kills Space Godzilla. And then this is where the whole... This is where at least the good part of the writing comes in. Godzilla absorbs Space Godzilla's power, which turns Godzilla's breath red. This becomes significant because that is what leads him to die in the next one, or what leads to his meltdown. Ah. So I didn't pick that up at all. Oh, yeah, that's... I mean, these are very interchangeable, just like uh, Mecha King Ghidra's head is used uh, in Mechagodzilla... And how Mothra may or may not be related to Space Godzilla, whatever. Um, that that's at least that that was an odd way to uh, segue into Godzilla versus Destroya. Uh, by the way, Mickey talks directly to Mothra in this movie. <laughs> like not the twins or the cosmos or the fairies or whatever you want to call them. She straight up talks to Mothra, and Mothra speaks English uh, in this movie. It's like the fairy Mothra or whatever it's it's called in the nomenclature, but, like, it's Mothra, you know. And Mothra warns Mickey that Space Godzilla is coming, and because uh, <clears throat> they're getting very close uh, to killing Godzilla. And... Uh, and then Mothra comes and talks to Viki. He's like, you can't kill Godzilla because he's got to defeat Space Godzilla. But, um, I don't know. Pretty great. At the end, there's all this, you know, everything has, at least in the English version, it doesn't seem like the Japanese version was this crazy, or at least it didn't feel as crazy, but in the English version, it's very, uh, you know, everything has a right to exist on this earth. You know, tomorrow is a better day. This doesn't feel like Kansas anymore, don't <laughs> This doesn't feel like Godzilla anymore. Yeah. There's, a, there's a part where Mickey gets kidnapped by the Japanese mafia. Yes. But they're not like cool, like Yakuza mafia. It's like the Japanese version of like cheesy American gangsters. As we said before, the guy who we suspected was evil because he was wearing suspenders. Turns out he is definitely evil. And he was like a secret... Like a spy for the Japanese mafia? Yeah, well, they, they were going to kidnap her, and that way... And this is kind of like some Lex Luthor shit, where they capture her, and then if she's has the telepathy to control Godzilla, through her, they can control Godzilla, and, you know, then destroy, you know... Whoever doesn't yeah. pay up. <laughs> Whoever doesn't pay for protection, they're going to force Miki to force Godzilla to destroy just that one... Let's say laundromat or whatever, yeah. you know, and then go back into the sea. Um, we don't want to do it, but uh, if we have the option of doing it, and you don't do what we say, uh, uh, maybe it could happen. You know, Miss uh, Henderson, you have a very nice establishment here. It's very popular with the rest of the neighborhood, but you have been behind in your payments, and uh, it would be very uh, unfortunate if maybe some Godzilla-related activity were to happen. It, this is cool because it um, 
leads to a gunfight in the middle of the movie. Yeah. So that's neat. It's um, like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It's. Uh, I wish I could be angrier at Space Godzilla because it's so insane, but it's pretty much fits in with the rest of the High Size series. It's. It's just sort of like. It goes down. You can swallow it. It's uh, the action is pretty good. There is a part where Mogera gets impaled on Space Godzilla's tail and gets thrown into a building. I appreciated that. Um, also, the <laughs> two uh, pilots for Mogera survive like a two hundred megaton explosion <laughs> at the end of this movie, and they just sort of like. Walk out like Kurt Russell at the end of Backdraft. And, uh, you know, that we don't know why that has happened. But, um, I don't know. It's been a long time since I'd seen Space Godzilla. Very long time. Very. very uh, I think it'd time. been like, it, I don't know, what is it, 2014? Oh, at least ten years. Ooh, yeah. Since since I sat down and watched it, and um, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Uh, I think I need to take a nap. Uh, no. Uh, I like Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla the same way I like Megalon. It's not because it's good. It's just it's just fun. Uh, and that's, you know, the only way you can really watch this movie. Uh, is if you just turn everything else out and just enjoy the numerous explosions and lumpy plot twists. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's not good. <laughs> I can't sign off. It's, uh, for me, it's the bottom. It bottoms out here. There's nowhere to go from here but up. Um, which leads us to next week's installment, Godzilla vs. Desestroya, um, which is kind of a neat callback to the original Godzilla and some cool things there and sort of kind of the, the you know, the final installment in the Heisei uh, series and, um, you know, some good stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Millennium Series. Yeah, with envy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be it for uh, yeah. I'm this trying to week. think anything else. Can't think of anything else to say. Uh, oh well, here's something. Uh, we finally uh, gave our Tumblr account to somebody who knows how to work a computer. That isn't me. Uh, so uh, we we now officially have a working Tumblr. And uh, don't forget our Facebook page, the Godzilla Pod War Hour. And don't forget to get your friends, family, loved ones, mistresses, uh, rent boys, all, all engaged to the Godzilla Pod War Hour on either Podbeam or free again on iTunes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, try to keep things classy. Um, <clears throat> in Godzilla-related news... Uh, the original 1954 Godzilla is being re-released in a few cities around the country. If you're lucky enough uh, to be in one of those cities, you should definitely check it out because it's pretty cool up on the big screen, I would surmise. I've never seen it uh, in a theater. But, um, yeah, you have, Nate. 
Yes, uh, around, I want to say, 2008, 2007, I came to the AFI Silver Theater in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Got to see it with uh, my two friends, both named Nick, and it was on a gorgeous 35mm print. One thing on the print that was not on the DVDs was that at the beginning of the movie, there is a written thank you to the Japanese Maritime uh, Coast Guard for their assistance in the production. That, that <laughs> So there's something, there's just like a little, you know, five seconds of something that was not in the the rest of the movie, at least on DVD and VHS releases. Yeah, so, so check so. that out, and uh, you know that 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 little you can you can if you if you pause and if you're very careful, you can sort of hear it that little hum of excitement about uh, Godzilla 2014 yeah. starting to build. build. You can start to you sort of start to hear it. He's coming back. He's coming back. But uh, thankfully, Space Godzilla is not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, don't, don't watch either of these movies. 